This morning, I would like to title my sermon as Change is Essential. Can you say that with me? A little out loud. Change is essential. So we are living in a world where everything around us changes. If you think about when God created the earth, we don't, today we don't see the same earth that God created thousands and thousands of years before. And you know, most of us don't live in the same place where we were born. Except a couple of you maybe. And most of us were not born here in this place. We were born somewhere else. Not just few miles, thousands of miles away, most of us. And we were born in some place, but we don't live in that place. We live here today. You know, when we, what we don't see is we don't see some of the same people whom we saw 10 years before. Do we see them still? Some of them, a couple of them are still hanging around, but you know, we don't see many of them. Either they have gone away from the place where we are today, or they have gone away from the face of this earth. We are talking about the changing world, changing things that are happening around us. Some of us were living with our parents a year before, two years before, three years before, four years before. Now we are living with our life partner. I don't know whether you like it or not, but then you know that's how it is. <laughs> Some of us were taking care of our children. Some of us were taken care by our parents at some point of time when, when we were children. But now today, we are given a responsibility of growing our own children. Hope you enjoy that. Our health conditions would have changed a lot during the past couple of years. Our appearance would have changed. I mean, it changed for me, certainly. So most of us, for most of us, our appearance would have changed. Our health condition has changed. Our health has probably deteriorated for some of us. Our mindsets are different. It is not the same it was a couple of years before. Our maturity level has gone high. Probably, you know, some of us are more matured. The things that we used to enjoy, that, uh, the little cartoons, Mickey Mouse, you don't enjoy those, them anymore. I can't say that I have seen you know, big, big, big kids, you know. <laughs> and the cartoon is playing, and the big kids rolling on the floor and laughing, laughing, laughing. I've seen that. So you can't even say that. But then there's a change. Certainly there's a change. The amount of maturity that we, were, we would have gained over a period of time. Some of us are grown, growing older and older. We would have never dreamt of this condition of us today that what we are in today. We would have never thought of it. That we will get into such a phase in our lives. Things around us are changing quite a lot. Our surrounding has changed. All the climatic conditions have changed. The technology has changed. The transportation methods have changed. Our education system, our healthcare system. You know, many changes that we experience even in our own lifetime. And when you think about our own lifetime, it is just 60, 70, 80 years we are talking about. You know, how many years have gone since God created this earth? Change after change. The way we are bringing our children, that has changed quite a lot nowadays. So we are, this morning we are talking about the changes that are essential in us to be in in, 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 in pace with the changing world. And this morning we are here trying to find out what change that God wants to bring in ourselves so that he can fulfill his desires and his purpose in our lives. 
Now in the midst of all the changes that we are talking about, there is someone who has not changed. Who is he? Jesus, our God. Our God has not changed. You know, that is amazing. You know, I, I find it difficult to understand. In the midst of all the changes, you know, God says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord. Can you read that with me? For I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. You know, God says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Can you repeat those words, that key words? I do not change. In the midst of all the changing things that are happening around us, as James says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change. I'm reading from NIV. Who does not change like shifting shadows. Our God is a God who doesn't change in the midst of all the changes that are happening around us. You know, most of the changes that we are talking about this morning are, you know, really inevitable, unavoidable. The change must happen around us. That change must happen within us. Even whether we like it or not, those changes are going to happen anyway. I want you to understand this this morning with me. Changes happen. The people, those who don't seek God, those who don't follow God, and the same changes happen to our lives too. But for a child of God, those who seek God and those who follow God, those changes happen for a purpose. You know, anything that is happening in you, anything that is happening around you, you know, God allows those changes in our lives for a purpose. In a moment, you will come to know what I'm talking about. Change is essential for a couple of reasons in our lives. This morning I'm going to talk about three reasons why change is essential in our lives. Number one, change is essential for God's plan to come true. Can you read that with me out loud? Change is essential for God's plan to come true. You know, we try to do things by our own understanding. We try to do things by our own ability. You know, the little understanding that we have about the whole thing that is happening around us, we try to do with those things, with the limited knowledge that we have within our little brain, we try to do things by ourselves. But you know what, our God, we serve a God who is omniscient. What does it mean? Omniscient means who knows everything. Can you say that with me? God knows everything. You know, he works beyond time and he works beyond space. He is the all-knower. He knows everything. He knows the beginning and he knows the end because he is the beginning. He is the author of and finisher of our faith. That's what the Bible says. And we are worshipping a God who knows everything. And whereas we as individuals and families, we stand here and sit here and we know a little bit of it. And with our little knowledge, we try to imagine and we try to do many things. And you know, God says in Isaiah 55 verse 9, can you read that with me? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. With our little brain, whatever we try to understand, whatever we try to do. And God says, I am above everything. Because I am an omniscient God. I know everything that is happening in your life. Not just today, not just the past. I know your future. We don't need to go to a fortune teller to, to tell our future. because Who knows our future? Our God knows. He may not tell everything to you. 
If you tell everything, if he tells you everything, you will really mess it up. And God doesn't tell us everything. He keeps. He keeps us a secret. And he will just reveal as you go, as you move, as you walk. He reveals great things for you. You know, when you come and give yourself to God and ask him, Lord, let your will be done in my life. You know, that's a prayer that all of us pray. It's not my will, Lord, even Jesus prayed. Let your will be done in my life. And here in our life, we build up certain things, you know, we assume certain things, we imagine certain things. With our little brain, we understood and, you know, we just did a couple of things. Now, when you submit, listen to me, when you submit your life to God, to God's will, God had to undo certain things. Because those things were built with our own understanding. But now we are coming and asking God who is an omniscient, who is a powerful God, who is an all-knower. Now, if you come and ask God, Lord, let your will be, you know, very dangerous prayer to pray. Very dangerous prayer to pray. Pray, let your will be done in my life. Now God had to undo certain things. And undoing, as part of that undoing, what we see is change. Can you say change? change. Now when we come and give ourselves to God, doing his will in our lives involves change. That involves change. That includes change of place. That includes change of people around us, change of the cultural environment where we are put in today. You know, we remember what you heard last week, Jim was preaching here, and he said, we far away left from plan A, but we are in plan B now. We are in plan B, change. Change brings us to the plan B and plan C and plan D. You know, most of the time we realize when we walk away from God, God brings us back. This morning I want to talk a little bit about Abraham. How many of us know Abraham? Yes? Amen? I want to talk a little bit about Abraham. Abraham had to come out of his own country. He had to come out of his own people to go to the land that God showed him for God's, for God's will to be accomplished in his life. If God's plan had to come true in his life, Abraham had to move out of that place. Think about Moses. Moses cannot stay in the wilderness. Moses could not stay in the wilderness taking care of tending his sheep. He could not stay in the wilderness. He had to come out of that place and go to Pharaoh and go to Egypt. Because that was the purpose of God. And this morning we are talking about the changes that God wants to bring in our lives. Change is essential for God's plan to be accomplished in our lives. The reason why God brought us to Canada, listen to me carefully, is to fulfill his plan in our lives. You know, we may say that I came for a work assignment. I came because I want to move to this nation. But I believe if you're a child of God, God brought you to this nation with a purpose. Some changes changes are essential for God's plan to come true in our lives. And God had to make the change in our lives. You know, sometimes we are so stubborn, we don't want any change. It's a human tendency to resist change. You know, we have the same struggle. You know, when the change management happens in our workplaces, we just want to do the same thing. You know, when I was working with the Department of Health, you know, some of those systems were replaced with uh, uh, computerized systems, drug information system, and, you know, so many other things. And we see the amount of resistance coming from the people who are employed there for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. They don't want, they're not willing. They're not willing. Just throw it away, throw it away. I just need my pen and paper. Change is not accepted right away. 
And God is asking us to be flexible. God, I don't know what God is trying to tell this morning, but God is speaking to us. God is asking us to be changeable, pliable. God is asking us you know, to, be, to be available for Him so that God can fulfill His plan in our lives. And God is saying as you know, you need to just relax your muscle. You know, if you, any of you have been there in the massage therapy or physiotherapy sessions, the therapist always says, just relax, just relax. You know, if you hold stiff, he can't work on you. You need to just relax. In the same way, God is asking us to relax so that God can work in our lives. God can work in our lives. I'm not talking about the changes that will take us away from God. I'm talking about the changes that are required in our lives so that God's purpose and God's plan will be accomplished in our lives. You know, when I turn back, for God's plan to be accomplished in our lives, there was, there was a change required in our lives during 2013. And that change was such a huge change that God wanted us to, you know, stop working, wanted me to stop working. And I need to resign my job after working 22 years in various industries. And one fine morning, I became jobless. That was a change that God required. And we see the effect of it a little bit today. And we will see that effect of it in the coming days more. Amen. Can I hear an amen with that? Amen. Amen. You know, God is willing to work with us. God is willing to work in our lives. But are we willing for the change? So the number one reason why we need to change, the change is essential for God's purpose to come true in our lives. Willing for change makes God to fulfill his will, fulfill his purpose in our lives. There is a second reason why change is essential in our lives. It's a wide topic. I can't cover everything, but there are a couple of things I just want to leave with you this morning. Number two reason why change is essential in our lives. Change is essential for God's promise to come true. Can you read that with me? Change is essential for God's promise. We talked about, don't forget, we talked about God's will to be accomplished in our lives. God's purpose to be accomplished in our lives. We need change. Number two, change is essential for God's promise to come true in our lives. You know, I was just wondering, I was amazed to read these scriptures as I was preparing. Many times we pray holding the promises of God. Don't we pray that way? We hold the promises of God and we pray to God the promise to come true. But we don't realize there's a great deal of change is required for those promises to come true in my in our lives. Is any witness here this morning? Amen. For some of those promises to come true in our lives, there need to be a change that is happening. Again, I want to go back to Abraham's life. For God's promise in Abraham's life to come true. I was just trying to list down a couple of changes that he went through in his life. Number one change, he had to change the way he used to worship God. Bible says in Joshua chapter 24, Abraham was born in a house of idol worship. Do you know that? Abraham was born in a house of idol worship. Uh, for God's promise to come in his life, he, he cannot worship idols anymore. Number one change. I want you to keep track of number one. Number two change. Change in his family setup. God said, God spoke to him, get out of your family, your father's house. Genesis chapter 12, we read that. Get out of your family and get out of your father's house. And I believe this morning God is telling the same thing to you and me. I'll tell you one thing. If I would have, ended up, I would have been living with my parents, 
I would have never come to full-time ministry. My dad won't take risks. He didn't want me to start a business because he found business is very risky. And ministry is much more riskier. If I would have been there with my parents, I would have never come for ministry. Same thing with many of you. You know, sometimes we need to do everything that we need to do for our parents, but they cannot change the will of God in your life. They cannot change the will of God. They don't have any control, absolute no control to change the purpose of God in your lives. Abraham came out of his family, came out of his father's house. Number two, number three change. He changed the place of living. God said, get out of the country, the land of Ur, the Chaldeans, and go to the nation that I show you. Even God said, don't stay in Haran. Come out of heaven, Haran. Don't stay there. Number three changes the place. You know, we are displaced. We are not misplaced. We are displaced, you know, to a different place today for the purpose of God to be fulfilled in our lives. All of us, you know, sometimes we question, Lord, why am I here? And here is the answer. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. Number four, changing their names. God changed Abraham to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. Changing their names. Changing their relationship. Abraham had certain point of time in his life. I believe in Genesis chapter 3 talks about it. He had to separate from Lot because of the quarrel that their shepherds had with each other. Change in the relationship. Do not worry. You know, that's the path that you are walking today. Do not worry that you, know, you are not recognized in your family by your brothers and by your siblings and by your family members. We don't need to worry because you know, that's the path that God wants you to walk through. It doesn't mean that we hate. It doesn't mean that we quarrel with them. We still love them. But God has a different plan. Nobody can interrupt that plan that God has in your life. Change is essential for God's promise to come true in our lives. Some of these changes that they talk about, there are many more changes in his life. For Abraham to fulfill to receive the promise of God in his life. When God is taking us to, through some changes, do not resist. Do not resist. It's hard to change, but we don't want to resist. Some of the promises of God will come true in our lives when certain changes take place in our lives. I'll give you two more examples that will help you. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 15, Bible says, Behold, I will make you into a new, can you read that with me? Into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. How many of us pray with this you know, scripture in our lives? It says, behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. So that, you know, Bible says God can use you in a mighty way. But for that to happen, so much of change has to happen in our lives. It won't just happen. You know, God cannot just take a raw of our life and, you know, make it as a threshing sledge with sharp teeth. We will not be able to stand. And God is telling I need you to change, change in every area so that I'll be able to use you. And God said, he said in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19, can you read that with me? Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The new thing won't happen just like that. The new thing, you know, you may get this as a new year promise and keep that in the Bible, but it won't just happen. It won't just happen. 
God will do the required change in our lives so that he can do something new in our lives. So we are talking about change is essential for God's promises to be realized. Amen? Let's see the third reason why change is essential. This is very, very important this morning. Change is essential in us for the next generation to follow God. Can you read that with me? Change is essential in us for the next generation to follow God. Listen to me, this is very, very important. We as parents and adults, we need to realize that there is so much of change that are happening in the current world. And we need to bring, it says change is essential in us. Can you say that? In us. For the next generation, we are talking about our children to follow Christ. Change is essential in our lives. We need to realize that we have to change so that our future generation will still follow God. It looks like a new teaching. Just listen to me. Hold on to me. We need to have change in our lives so that our future generation will follow God. This is very, very important because it is going to affect our children. This is very, very important because it is going to affect our future this is important because the future Christianity is depending on today's children. Do you agree with me? Today's children are tomorrow's leaders. Today's children are tomorrow's pastors. Today's children are tomorrow's worship leaders. Today your children, you know, we may look at them so, you know, small, so little, even though they have grown up. That's how parents look at us. But we, they are going to be the leaders they are going to be the missionaries. They are going to be ministering God. And we are talking about changes essential in us, in our lives, so that the next generation will follow God. We need to be changing in our lives to address two aspects concerning our children. This is very, very important. Number one, we need to make good example in front of our children. Can you read that with me? We need to make in front of our children. This is very, very tough. I fail in that. You fail in that. All of us fail in that. Children learn to follow God by looking at us following God. But they don't just uh, they believe the word of God. But more than that, they want to see the word in our lives. Does it make sense what I'm talking about? Children learn to follow God by looking at the way we follow God. If we don't set good examples for our children, they hate God. They hate God. So there are changes essentials in our essentially in our lives so that we can set good examples for our children. And I believe that's the reason Paul wrote to young Timothy. And this is what he says. I would like to change the scripture. I mean, I can't change the scripture, but then I want to just say that instead of that youth, let's read this way. Let, can you read that with me? Let no one despise your life. Right? Some of us are not youth. And you may just say that, oh, this scripture is not for me. It's for youth. So let's no one despise your life. 
but be an example to the believers in word, in contact, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. This is tough. This is tough. You know, we are good in teaching them lessons. We are good in telling them stories. But Bible demands us, God demands us in us that we set a good example for our children. This is required. This requires a change in me. This requires a change in all of us. And I believe this is essential. This change is essential. It's lots of change that we need to have in our lives. You know, some of, our, some of us may not have children yet, but then, then they are on the way. And how do we handle them? We're talking about changes essential in us for the next generation to follow God. And we are trying to understand the changes that we need to make in our lives because they see us every day. They see us every day. The number two subsection in that, we need to understand the need of next generation. Can you read that with me, all of us? We need to understand the need of the next generation. Our children are living in an era that is totally different from the time that we lived on the face of this earth. This morning I just want to you know, give a little bit of understanding about what our children are going through. We need to understand the changes that have taken place around us during the past 20, 30 years. Too many changes, too much of changes that have taken place. Today they are living in an era that is very technologically advanced, no doubt, but socially messed up. Are you with me? Technologically very advanced, but socially the life around us is messed up and our children are living in that situation. We were not. Most of us were not. But our children are living in that situation today. And we are talking about what change they, we need to make in our lives so that we will be able to lead our children to Christ. We may think that you know, they are born in a new family, in a, sorry, in a God-fearing family and they are living in a very, you know, they are born to a God-fearing parents and they are living in a very God-fearing family. But listen to this. 70% of their time when they are awake, they are living outside of the four walls. 70% of their time when they are awake, they are living outside of the four walls. You don't see them. And they are not in touch with you as parents, as godly parents. They are in touch with the world where they are living today. They are in touch with the people around them. You know, those, those lives are socially messed up. Listen to me, the sexual orientation and gender identity related issues are really mind-boggling for some of our elementary school kids. They have questions, unanswered questions. They have trouble understanding what is happening around them. As parents, we say something, but then they don't see those things outside of the house. Listen to me, if you tell them only scripture, and if you tell them only pray, 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 without understanding their struggles, we lose them. We will lose them. We will lose them. Children start hating parents, especially moms, because did you read the scripture? Did you study this? Did you pray? Without trying to help them. And we need to change. As parents, we need to change. And this morning, I believe God is talking to us. The changes that are really essential in our lives. They seek to find relevance of God 
in the society. Our children try to find relevance of God. How God is relevant in the community. You are talking about God. You are talking about his saving grace. You are talking about his healing power. How this is relevant to millions of people who are living outside. They try to find relevance, relevance of Bible in the current age. For them, most of them, this is an obsolete book. So we need to bring a change in us so that we are, we are willing to help them in this situation. The question, they question anything that you do as a routine. Listen to me. They question anything do you do as a tradition. They ask you, why do you do this, mom? Why do you do this? Because we say that in our, our forefathers used to do this. So anything that comes in our lives as a tradition, part of the tradition, they question. They want to see tangible impact of our spiritual life in the life of others. First of all, in the life of our own lives. They want to see tangible impact of our spiritual life in our own lives. And they want to see the same thing in others' lives. Otherwise, they are not going to believe. We're talking about our own children. They are good to you. Good to you. They are dear to you. Everything is good. But they are going through what they are going through in their lives. They don't agree with your spirituality if you gossip in front of them. They question. They question. Even if they don't question outward, okay, they'll just make a note of it and then move. They don't accept your spiritual experience if you neglect the practical aspects of life, such as poverty, disaster, accidents sufferings and abuse and if you neglect those things they will not accept your spiritual experience and we were not like that one day i was not like that we just go by what our parents used to say but nowadays it's different it's different the traditional way of teaching bible won't work anymore children need to be taught with more application oriented way of putting bible in practice. Can I hear an amen? You know, this morning God is telling us parents, we need to change. We need to change. We need to change. We should be willing to change the approach that we use to teach them the word of God and to bring them up in the godly way. Otherwise, we lose them. And this morning God is bringing us change in our lives. Our, remember, our obligation to our children is the obligation to God. Amen. Because God has given our children as a precious gifts in our hands and God is asking us to take care of them. For that matter, our Sam's Club and Dave's Club and Chris Club, we thought about it and we talked about it so much. How can we make this relevant to, for our children, those who are living with such students, with such, such children? I want you to bring them there because they will learn. How can, and as parents, sometimes we don't know how to teach them because we were not brought up that way. But God will help you. We are here to help you. Amen. One, read one scripture and before we close. Psalm 145 verse 4. Read that with me. One generation shall praise your works to another generation and shall declare your mighty acts. What is important is they need to carry the torch. In the relay race, they need to carry the torch or the relay. They need to take it and they need to go further. Otherwise, all the effort that the missionaries did coming to our nation and they died as martyrs and bringing up in a godly way and we come here and serve the Lord, everything will go as a waste if we don't allow them to carry the torch further into the future generation. So our obligation that we have, our children, is to our God. So change is essential in our life. Shall we all stand for a moment this morning?